The woke folk are back with a vengeance. And this time, they're not just coming for the kids, folks. They're coming for all of us. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And man, thank you so much for joining us today, folks. If you're download, if you've downloaded this podcast, first of all, I owe you a debt of gratitude. And also, so does the country, because it means you are you are interested in knowing who our enemies are. And the list is long. You're interested in knowing where and how they're attacking and what they're attacking and 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 the the devious little ways that they're trying to sneak into our our subculture and destroy it from the inside out. And then, of course, most importantly, you're you're uh, stepping up and saying, I'm, "I want to combat those people." And and that's really that's really the most honorable thing about you downloading and listening to this podcast. Mark K saves the republic, and in fact, that's why I call it Mark K saves the republic because it's my way of doing what I can. You listening to this and spreading the message and sharing it is your way. Um, so you know, hats off to both of us. Pat on the back to me, pat on the back to you, and uh, feel free to share this message as well. Look, I'm uh, this weekend is Easter weekend, and it's a troubling Easter weekend because the stories leading up to Easter weekend have all been about wokeness and what the woke folk and, uh, you know, Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light and Jack Daniels and all these other companies that have just decided to trade in their moral integrity, trade in their good old American values, trade in their 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 Christian fundamentalism, trade in everything that this country holds dear to try to make a buck from a new disturbed audience. And that is the, the transgender audience uh, and consumer segment of the population, I, which I didn't know was a big, I didn't know it was a big subsection of the consumer audience. I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a professional, you're a professional. I don't know what business you work in, but you know that there's marketing studies and marketing analyses. And for the longest time, you know, you, you know, housewives, suburban housewives were a big marketing subsect. Uh, subsection of the of the um, of the uh, of the demographic here in the United States that people would try to cater to and advertise to, you know, back in the seventies, the women they said did all the shopping. Probably in this day and age, the women do probably a lot of the shopping still, um, and the men just buy stuff. I don't I don't even think the men I don't think men know why they buy stuff. Um, but in the end, then you know you would you would target your demographic and you would say, okay, this is our ideal customer, and then you would sell to them. Well, Bud Light and Jack Daniels and Nike and all these other companies. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're they're turning the whole marketing world on their heads and they're targeting customers that not only I don't believe use their products in mass, but they're using these they're using these campaigns that I don't believe do anything but um, push a a a depraved and mentally ill agenda. And and not only that, not only do they try to normalize something that is totally abnormal and makes no um, no sense has no semblance of common sense. It's it's nonsensical. It's it's idiotic. It is totally flies in the face of American uh, morality. And of course, most importantly, they're trying to convince you that it's right. And if you don't go along with them and if you don't celebrate them, you are guilty of being a terrible person. That's the whole crux and core of the woke folk. In fact, my book, The Woke Folk, you may remember this book. This was one of the first books I wrote. It was two years ago. It was um, yeah, just almost exactly a little over two years ago. And it was about Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss on his 100th birthday, get this, his family decided on Dr. Seuss's 100th birthday to cancel him. Happy birthday, Theodore. Happy birthday, Doc. What do you mean? What is, like, what is that? This guy, uh, and I know a lot about Dr. Seuss for a couple of reasons. Number one, he went to Dartmouth and my kid wants to go to Dartmouth. So I know all about that. But Theodore Geisel was his name. Dr. Seuss was his moniker. He wrote all these children's books. He wrote in a time that was different in America. And he was fairly liberal. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. He was not considered a conservative. He wasn't considered a fundamentalist. He wasn't considered one of these raving MAGA types. 
that they uh, that they label all conservatives today. He was a pretty liberal dude. And he wrote these books and he wrote these stories. And a lot of them have these these staunch environmental, you know, uh, meanings like take care of the year. He was a, he was a big he was a big like uh, climate change guy before climate change was a thing. He was a big global warming. You remember the Lorax? I'm I'm the Lorax and I speak for the trees. You know, it was a cute story, cute little character. Um, the guy was chopping down all the trees and the Lorax was, uh, they had a name, the trees. I forget what they were. Mm. But that was Dr. Seuss's whole thing. He was a big lib. Um, and, you know, because it was a, a time, because he, he lived 100 years ago or was born 100 years ago, uh, you know, different social norms were acceptable. Well, his family in the woke, uh, in the midst of this wokeness, in the midst of this woke overhaul of American society, because again, this was 2021. This was when woke folk were everywhere and they were canceling everybody for the dumbest reasons. His own family, his own legacy, his own, the, the people that were left in charge of his entire, you know, library decided not to print several books. One of them, including was, uh, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which was his first classic, one of his most beloved books, because there was a Chinese character with chopsticks. And that's offensive. There was a Chinese character with chopsticks. That's apparently in the woke mind uh, and ideology, really offensive. And so they canceled the book. There were a couple of others too, for similar, what they thought were racial, I don't know, stereotypes. I've been to a lot. I've never been to China. Don't plan on going. I've eaten Chinese food a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I order Chinese food, you know what they throw in the bag? Chopsticks. So I don't, I don't understand the disconnect for me. But anyway, um, so I was really mad. I was really mad that Dr. Seuss, one of my heroes, one of my child, I mean, I loved his books growing up, still love his books today, read them to my kids. I think he's a genius. Sure, he's a liberal, but he was a really, seemed like a decent guy. Um, anyway, I was really annoyed that his own family was canceling him on his 100th birthday. That seemed really disrespectful to me. So I wrote The Woke Folk, and it started off as a poem that I was going to perform on the air. I, I read it on my radio show that very, I mean, I read, I wrote it really quickly, and I read it on my radio show. And, people, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know what starts off? Once in a land not too far away from me lived a group of folks who thought and acted quite crazily. The woke folk, we called them, and not in a good way. They tried to cancel someone new each and every day. The woke folk were thin-skinned and easily offended. They hated free speech. They tried to have it suspended. And they were good at suppression. They often succeeded, especially when they didn't like a tweet. Someone tweeted. This is actually pretty, I haven't read this in a while, it's actually really good. They would gang up on a person and dox and berate them. They'd take to the streets to create utter mayhem. The woke folk hated history most. They tried to erase it. If a statue was erected, they would immediately deface it. And it goes on and on. It's a great book. Published it, you know, well, okay, so I read it on the air. And then somebody said, hey, if you make that a book, I'll buy it. And I'm always one to listen to my audience. And I always believe that the customer's always right. So I did that. I got somebody to illustrate it. I wrote it up. We published it. And man, it sold out like that. Boom, lickety split. Uh, and we had a second and a third printing. It sold solidly for like a year. And then I had other projects I wanted to do. You may remember the original vaccine password. That's the thing about the news, man. It just keeps creating all these ideas. Uh, the show exploded. We were doing our Newsmax show. And so we put this on the shelf. Well, now that the woke folk are back with a vengeance, now that Bud Light is using Dylan Mulvaney, to try to tell you that uh, this is this is normal behavior for beer drinkers. Now that Nike is trying to also use Dylan Mulvaney to tell you that men wear sports bras and women should want to wear the sports bra that the man wears. That's the weirdest thing to me. Why is it? 
Why is it that we're normalizing sports bras on men, but also trying to convince women, if you need a sports bra, this little boy is wearing one that would be great on you. Is there any woman out there who's thinking, you know what? I don't need the sports bra that the large buxom female with breasts who jiggle up and down when she runs or when she does her Pilates or whatever. I don't even know. goes to Orange Theory or whatever. I don't need that sports bra. I need the little sports bra that that flat chested white dude is wearing on TikTok. That's the one for me. Apparently, Nike believes um, that's what they're going to do. So anyway, the woke folk are back. And so I've released um, 100 copies of the woke folk this weekend. They're available. In fact, you should probably get one if you haven't. And, I, and to make it a limited edition, I've autographed every single one of them. So this is a, uh, this is a limited run of the woke folk autographed by me. There's going to be a little sticker on the one you get that says author, author's autograph. And uh, I've discounted it by $30 too. So if you want to go, if you want to go get the limited edition autographed, um, a small batch. This is my bourbon. I, everything I talk about now is in bourbon terms. So I, it, usually it's a limited run, but now I'm calling it small batch. That's going to be my new thing. Everything I do from now on is going to be small batch because uh, it makes it more special. It sounds cooler uh, and it's um, and you, you can it's more expensive so you can charge more for it. But anyway, um, go to go to wokefolkbook.com, wokefolkbook.com, W-O-K-E-F-O-L-K-B-O-O-K.com and get a copy for yourself. Uh, it makes a great gift. If you've got kids, you definitely want to read it for them. If you don't have kids, but you, you still get it for yourself. In fact, most... I leave these laying around the studio and every time an adult walks in, they pick it up and they start reading it. So it's definitely, uh, definitely a treat. Wokefolkbook.com. But let's talk about this wokeness because it's totally, out of, utterly out of control. And luckily there are some people who are fighting back. Kid Rock, for example, is fighting back. He goes out and he shoots a bunch of Bud Light cans, spreads the message like wildfire. And, you know, it's important. Yeah, you may just be thinking Kid Rock's trying to get attention. Kid Rock's trying to make people think that he's a man because he's shooting guns at woke beer cans. Dylan Mulvaney says trans beer's the best beer, and Bud and Kid Rock says F you Anheuser Busch. Rat tat 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 tat. That was my gun sound effect, by the way. Hmm. Probably needs some work. Um. Anyway, so that's that. That's you know one guy who's fighting back. We talked yesterday about Travis Tritt, country star, who said it, starting immediately, all Anheuser Busch products are off of my tour rider. Nobody's coming into my Travis Tritt tour room or tour bus or, or green room or dressing room or trail. I don't even know. No beer backstage from Anheuser-Busch. No Bud Light, no Bush, no Bush Light, no Mick Ultra, no, no Shock Top, no Land Shark, none of that crap. Get all that woke trans beer. No, no cans of trans beer on the Travis Tritt tour. And he also claimed a bunch of other people were doing it. Uh, we're doing it as well. Um, so there are heroes, there are warriors, there are people, the hockey players, man, every single hockey player who walked into the locker room when their team tried to force them to wear some rainbow colored uniform or some rainbow colored jersey, every, every hockey team who walked in, uh, you know, to the, to the venue thinking they were there to play hockey, but all of a sudden they were being utilized as a pawn for some political propaganda of the left to say, Hey, I'm a hockey player. I skate, I hit a puck. I beat people up. Oh, and guess what? I support all the LGBTQ stuff. It's a disconnect. It doesn't make any sense. And it's, and it's pointless. It's, a, it's not something that needs to be, it's not something that needs to come together. Nobody goes to a hockey game to get a political point pushed on them. They go to a hockey game to see people bleed. All right, let's be honest. It's like you go to a NASCAR race. You don't, you don't go to a NASCAR race to promote unity amongst transgender communities. No, you go to a NASCAR race to see people wreck and cars crash and light on fire. 
And you don't want people to die, but you want them to come really close. You want them to, you don't want them to die, but you want them to look like they're going to die. That's why people go to the race. No one cares who wins. They care who almost wins, but doesn't because their car flipped over eight times just before the checkered flag. Oh, and also yay, gay people. That's, that's not what, that's not what NASCAR, that's not what sports are all about. Um, but the woke agenda is out. Anyway, so we got, we got Kid Rock, we got Travis Tritt, we got hockey players. And those right now are the, uh, those are the warriors on the front line fighting against the woke folk. I guess you could count me in there too, because I wrote this great book about how the woke folk are horrible people. Um, anyway, uh, we're, you need to, you need to make sure that, and again, here's the thing. If this did start to die down a little bit, the woke folk, when I wrote it in 2021, it was, it was pretty poignant. It was at the height of the woke movement in America. Wokeism was everywhere. People were getting canceled. They were throwing statues in the river. They were, they were trying to get rid of every single monument. Columbus, Ohio literally got rid of the statue of Christopher Columbus, namesake of the city. I don't know. Here in Jacksonville, Florida, we have a big statue downtown right in front of everything. There's a big, there's a big circle right in the middle of Jacksonville, Florida. You know we, what we have a statue of? Andrew Jackson. Because the town, some idiot, I think one person said, you know what? Andrew Jackson was a slave owner. We should get rid of that and rename the city. I think one person did, but luckily we're in the free state of Florida. And that person, um, that person was dealt with pretty quickly. Uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, attacked Dis Disney, you know, was the pinnacle of woke and grooming. And they were trying to do everything they could to push their woke radical leftist agenda on families. Also, they were trying to use their own money. They were the, the money that families, that Americans, that Floridians, that people all over this country gave to Disney for family entertainment, they were using and they pledged to fight the um, Parental Rights and Education Act here in Florida. Think about that. Think about that. A company that basically manipulates parents and children and family members into buying their videos and going to their theme parks and going on their cruises and buying their merchandise and spending thousands and thousands of dollars per person. When you go to Disney, and let's say you take a family of four to Disney, each person, I think on average, you probably spend about two grand on each person. And a lot of that money goes right into Disney's pocket. They're a very wealthy company. They know how to extract you, uh, your money from you. They know how to say, hey, you've got all this money. We would like it. Here's what we're gonna offer you in exchange. And man, they've, they've, they've mastered it. It's a skill that they have. But the problem is, those same people that they're taking advantage of, those same people that, that, that they rely on for their business, they're now attacking politically by uh, financing anti, uh, by financing, you know, these, these anti-family, um, you know, protection acts. And so Ron DeSantis said, we ain't going to have any of that. And he stuck it to Disney, but good. So it looked like wokeism was on the downward trend. But like I said, it, it's, it's now shooting back up and you're starting to see all, uh, and it, and you know, it's, it's because of places like, um, you know, it's because of places like Florida where the DE&I initiatives on universities are being canceled. It's because of places like Florida where they pass protection bills for children. It's, oh, it's like Tennessee where they outlawed uh, drag shows. Or, uh, I'm sorry, in Florida, they outlawed drag shows for, for teenagers and uh, kids in public places. And in Tennessee, they outlawed transgender surgery for minors. And man, did you hear about these three idiots who got expelled? I'm sorry, two of them got expelled. One of them did not. In the House of Representatives, there was a massive pro, there was a, a rush. I, I would call it an insurrection. Based on everything I've seen from January 6th, if you're going to call January 6th an insurrection, then I would believe that what happened this week in Tennessee was also 
an insurrection. And the problem with the insurrection in Tennessee was, unlike the, the insurrection on January 6th, uh, you had actual Congress people, Democrat Congress people, leading the charge. You had Democrat Congress people down in the trenches. You had Democrat Congress people uh, bringing people in, leading them into the state house onto the floor where they could act a act a fool, all of them, and they were yelling and screaming with bullhorns. Now imagine, imagine if during January sixth, who are the most hated Congress people on the oh yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert. Imagine all of them throwing the doors open, leading their constituents into the house, saying, "Come on, y'all, you're coming. It's on me." And then grabbing a bullhorn and standing in the pulpit where Nancy Pelosi was screaming and yelling, USA, USA, lock her up, lock her up, all that kind of stuff. They would be in jail, just like the QAnon shaman was. But these three Tennessee uh, Democrats believed they could just do that. They could lead an angry crowd to the House floor and start yelling and screaming. Well, uh, they were just expelled. Two of them were expelled. One uh, was spared. Uh, This is from Breitbart. The Tennessee House of Representatives expelled two Democrat members Thursday days after those members allegedly broke House rules via their participation in gun control protests. Breitbart News reported that three Democrat representatives were considered for expulsion. Those were Representatives Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson. Of the three, only Johnson was spared. Representative Justin Jones was the first House member to be expelled Thursday. Representative Pearson was the second. On April 3rd, Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton explained that the votes were not about peaceful protests. Rather, he suggested the actions allegedly undertaken by Jones, Johnson, and Pearson broke several rules of decorum and procedure on the House floor. The Tennessean reported that Johnson, Jones, and Pearson allegedly used a bullhorn as they led protesters in the galleries in several chants calling for gun reform. Now, this is interesting because in order to expel somebody in the Tennessee House of Representatives, you need a two-thirds majority. They have 99 people in the Tennessee House of Representatives, which means you need 66 people to expel. Jones was expelled by a vote of 75 to 26. That's nine more than you needed, 75 to 26. Uh, Pearson was expelled by a vote of 69 to 26. And then uh, Johnson failed by a vote of 65 to 30. Uh, Prior to the expulsion votes, Jones, Johnson, and Pearson voted against a school safety bill that would add armed guards to every Tennessee school. So these people wanted gun reform. They weren't going to get it, so they led an angry mob directly into the Capitol, putting people's lives at risk, breaking every single rule and probably a couple of laws. Uh, they, They started chanting through a bullhorn, which again adds to the mayhem. And then... Then when the gun reform bill came up and they said, hey, we're going to add security guards, armed guards to every Tennessee school to protect the children, which is what you want. They all voted no. And so the other people were like, you know what? We've had it. Get your asses out. And now they're gone. So it's um, it, it's really, you know, and, it, and it's it's exciting to see that there are states and there are legislatures and there are uh, there are people that are working and fighting hard inside legally the right way so that they can keep this country from going totally off the lunatic left, um, the lunatic left um, uh, cliff. There are people that are, there are people that are working hard, fighting hard in Florida and Tennessee, in Kid Rock's backyard and Travis Tritt's tour company um, here at the Marquee show, fighting hard to make sure that all of these things that the left is trying to normalize this deviant behavior is not normalized. The common sense that they're throwing out the window, 
we want to make sure remains common. Um, and, and it's going to take all of us. So that's again, why we're here. That's why we do what we do every single day on the Mark K show. That's why we do this podcast every single day. Mark K saves the Republic. That's why I love when you subscribe and listen and comment and share. And, uh, also that's why I keep giving you fantastic materials to help in the cause, to keep you motivated and inspired and to remind you that we do have a common enemy, but we have a common goal to defeat that common enemy and working together, we will defeat them. We will save this Republic. Go to wokefolkbook.com, wokefolkbook.com. Get your exclusive limited edition autographed copy. I'll mail it to you and uh, have, a, have a happy Easter and keep listening, folks. We'll be back, of course, next week, every single day with an all new edition of Mark K. Saves the Republic.